Thank you for tuning in to the sermon webcast of Living Savior. We are one church serving in two locations, Asheville and Hendersonville, North Carolina. For more information, go to lsavior.org. What is your little slice of heaven on earth? Well, it's that one thing. It's it's that one thing that you think about, that you look forward to, that one thing that you daydream about. It's what makes you feel like you're on top of the world, your little slice of heaven on earth. So what is it? For you, is it the time when maybe the family can all be together and everyone's getting along and it's perfect, everyone's there in person, it's just how you imagined it? Maybe your little slice of heaven is the idea of a seven-day vacation in some secluded corner in the world that's all paid for, five-course meals every single night. Maybe your little slice of heaven is something a little bit more accessible, something that you can experience every single day. It's the place where you go at the end of a long day or a long week to just decompress, unwind, be by yourself, and relax. Everyone has this little glimpse of heaven on earth. It's what takes them from their ordinary lives into a glimpse of paradise, even if it's just for a short moment. But these little slices of heaven, they all have one thing in common. They don't last. Eventually, the family will have to go home. The vacation comes to an end, and the next work day or the next wet work week will, will come. These little glimpses of heaven that God gives us, yes, they're blessings. He gives them to us for us to enjoy, but they don't last. They don't truly give us what our soul so desperately needs. And if they don't last, and they can't give us what we truly need, then we need to ask ourselves a very important question when it comes to these little slices of heaven on earth. How much of our lives are dedicated to attaining these little slices of heaven on earth that cannot really give us what we truly need? That's the question that God wants us to ask today. In the words of Mark chapter 9, God gives us a glimpse into heaven. And this glimpse into heaven is to get us to test whether or not we're after slices of heaven in this earth or if we're after the eternal experience of heaven that only his son Jesus can provide. It's through the gospel reading today that we learn this. Not to look after or look for heavens on this earth that we want, but through his son Jesus to look for the heaven that we so desperately need for our souls. You know, Jesus' disciples, they had this, they had this bad habit of looking for little slices on heaven when it came to Jesus and his ministry. Just six days before this, reading this sermon text for today, Jesus told his disciples, he affirmed for them his true identity, the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who would come to save Israel from all of their problems. And the disciples had ideas about what this could mean for them. They had ideas about the little slices of heaven that this would give them in order to enjoy life on this earth. National independence, freedom from the Romans. Maybe they were thinking about positions of power and prestige that they, they could hold in these offices, in this regime that Jesus could, could usher in. They were thinking about life on this earth and how Jesus could make it better. 
But Jesus then told them what he really came to do. What his true purpose was as the Messiah, the chosen one of God. It wasn't to give a little slice of heaven on earth. It was to suffer and die at the hands of his enemies. And the disciples, they didn't want to believe this. They couldn't believe it. They could not associate Jesus' suffering and death with any sort of heavenly bliss, whether on this life or in the next. It didn't make sense. And so just six days after this little conversation, Jesus takes with him Peter, James, and John onto the top of a mountain in order to support the truthfulness of this claim. So they go to the top of the mountain, and Mark tells us that Jesus, his clothes become dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. You kind of get the sense that Mark is sort of grasping for terms to use here. He's not really sure how to describe this. Like when somebody lacks the vocabulary on how to describe something, they just say, well, it was like the whitest thing in the world. Jesus gave them a true glimpse into heaven by unveiling his true nature as the Son of God. So put yourself in Peter's shoes for a moment. He's standing there on the mountain. His friend, his, his leader, Jesus, is before him, shining like the sun. And not only that, now we, we also heard that Moses and Elijah were there talking with Jesus. I mean, Moses and Elijah... Moses and Elijah were the two figureheads of the Old Testament. Moses represented the whole law. Elijah represented the whole prophets. Everything these guys did, their entire lives, their ministries, were dedicated to pointing towards the coming of that one person, towards the Messiah. And there they were, Moses and Elijah, standing before Peter. And there Jesus was, standing before Peter. Peter there they were. Now this was a glimpse into heaven that Peter could get behind. This is, what, this is the sort of thing Peter was thinking about when Jesus said he was the Messiah. This was good. This is something Peter liked. He said, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. And he wasn't wrong. He had Moses, Elijah, Jesus in heavenly glory. Yes, this was good. But the problem was, is Peter kept talking. He said, Lord, let's, let's build three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. The reason this was a problem is because this request to, or this idea to build shelters on the mountain was in direct contradiction to what Jesus had just told them six days earlier, that the Messiah would suffer and die. Glory could not stay on top of that mountain. And Peter should have known this. If the glory of God is going to come down and show itself in, on, on this earth, it would not stay on something as ordinary as a mountaintop. He should have known this. Moses and Elijah, they knew this. Their entire lives testified to this. They had similar mountaintop experiences, glimpses into heaven that lasted for a short time. Moses received the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. He spoke with God face to face, but he didn't stay on that mountain. He later went down. Elijah saw the glory and the power of God come down in the form of fire on Mount Carmel, but Elijah didn't stay there. He went down the mountain. They went down because they knew that lasting heavenly bliss cannot stay on something as ordinary and as mundane as a mountain. As much as they would have loved to stay there in God's presence, they had to go down. 
Moses had to go down the mountain to rebuke God's people who were worshiping a hunk of metal that looked like a cow. Elijah had to go down, face persecution and opposition because he had God's work to do. They knew that glory cannot last if it's temporary. They can't, they can't last. So Peter should have known that this temporary glimpse into heaven would not last on the mountain because, well, Moses and Elijah's lives testified to it. Jesus told Peter six days earlier, and this was the very topic of discussion between Moses, Elijah, and Peter. They were talking about this very thing, that Jesus would have to go down the mountain. It was necessary for him to suffer and die at the hands of his enemies. But Peter didn't get it. He was so caught up in holding on to this little slice of heaven on earth that he missed it. He missed the point. You know, just a few moments ago, we discussed how we all have these little slices of, of heaven on earth. They're the places that we run to to find rest from the troubles of this world. We find peace when the money is good. We find comfort when our retirement is set. We find rest when our health is okay for the time being. In every aspect of our lives, there are these momentary glimpses into heaven that make us feel safe and secure and happy. And these things are good. They're blessings. But consider for a moment how easy it is to pursue these blessings, so much so, in fact, that we lose sight of the fact that they can only provide us with temporary happiness, momentary blips of heavenly bliss. Like Peter, we can so easily believe the lie that if we just build the shelter on earth around our relationships, that if we just put the right structures around our finances, if we just build the little tents around the things that we think will be good for us, then we will be happy. Then we will have heaven on earth. It's so easy to believe that lie. That if you have what you want and you put it in just the right place and you build these shelters on earth, then you can have heavenly bliss. But heavenly bliss does not come in something temporary. It doesn't come from a a vision of heaven. It doesn't come from a mountaintop experience. That's too short of a time. And it can only come from God's Son, Jesus. And it's in those moments when we are grasping for temporary pleasures, temporary slices of heaven on this earth, that God interrupts us. And he puts our focus on the only thing, the only true source of heavenly bliss and happiness that can last and give our souls what they truly need. So listen to God's voice. Hear what he says. He's pointing your attention back to Jesus, just like he turned Jesus, Peter's attention back to Jesus on that mountain. As Peter was making his plans about the shelters that he was going to build, God interrupted him. He started speaking abruptly, almost as if he was cutting Peter off, almost as if he was saying, Listen, quiet, Peter. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. God silenced Peter's ideas and notions about what heavenly bliss should look like. He took all of Peter's ideas about what heaven should be like on this earth, and he tore them down. Because good things, blessings, 
little slices of heaven. Even good things like this transfiguration on the mountain, they all mean nothing without the proper focus on Jesus. My son, love, listen. God calls Jesus his son, which means that Jesus had a very important and special task to complete for you. For all the times when we are bent on staying where it is comfortable, for all the times we're trying to attain these little slices of heaven on earth, God sent his son Jesus away from the heavenly bliss, outside of the heavenly comfort, to come into this world to suffer and die for you. Love. God loves his son, Jesus. Yet he was still willing to send the son whom he loved to the cross to pay for your misguided conceptions about what heaven should be like. And if God is willing to send the son whom he loves to the cross for you, then just imagine how much God loves you. Listen. Listen to what Jesus says about how it was necessary for him to go down that mountain, to leave his heavenly bliss behind. Because Jesus had a very important, special task to complete for you. It was suffering and dying on the cross. Because that was the only way in which he could earn eternal heaven for your soul. So as Peter, James, John, and Jesus came down the mountain, Jesus told them, not to tell anybody about what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. He had to tell them this because they still didn't get it. They still didn't see how leaving glory on that mountain, setting aside his true nature as the Son of God and walking down to Jerusalem could give any sort of heavenly bliss at all. They didn't know how that story ended. But you do. You do know how this journey down the mountain ends. This Sunday, after this Sunday, we begin the season of Lent where we focus on the final events of Jesus' life, how he rode into Jerusalem on, on Sunday like a king, but then on Friday was crucified like a criminal. But that journey starts here today with Jesus setting aside his nature as the Son of God, leaving that glory on top of the mountain and walking down into Jerusalem to suffer and to die. But you know, you know how it ends. It ends with Jesus walking out of the tomb. And when his disciples, when Peter, James, and John, and the others found out that this is how the story ends, it changed everything. They were no longer set on finding the creature comforts of this life. They changed their focus completely. This fact that the story ended with the resurrection of Jesus changed their focus and put it 100% completely on Jesus. You look at Peter as an example. He wasn't trying to build temporary shelters to contain little slices of heaven on this earth. No, he dedicated his life to preaching about Jesus as the only source of heavenly bliss and heavenly comfort for our souls. He preached this message so much so that it cost him his life. Legend has it that Peter was crucified upside down for this message that he preached. So tell me, does hanging upside down from a cross, does that look like a glimpse into heaven? No. 
But it was through that experience, it was through that death that Peter entered into the eternal glory, the eternal heaven that Jesus earned for him on the cross. The eternal heaven that does not fade away or go away after a short time. Peter was able to preach this faith, preach this message until the death because he knew how the story ended, just like you know how the story ends. It ended with Jesus coming out of the tomb for him. So what about you? Can this focus on Jesus as the only source of heavenly bliss and comfort do the same thing for you too? Well, yes, it can. Because you know how the story ends. Because you know that you know the dangers and the pitfalls of chasing after the temporary and momentary glimpses of heaven in this life. The only prospect of heaven, the one that Jesus earned for you by suffering and dying on the cross, is the only heaven that can give you lasting joy, lasting peace. And this heaven that Jesus earned for you, it's yours right now. And it will be yours forever. So follow Jesus now. Watch him as he goes down the mountain and descends to the deepest, darkest pits of this world where there are certainly no glimpses of heavenly glory. Watch him go down from that mountain, leave behind his heavenly glory, and go to the cross. He won't shine like the sun there. He won't be wearing white clothes. It won't look like a glimpse into heaven. But then again, we know that this does not last. It's not the heaven that we want. It's much greater. It's the heaven that we need. Amen. Thank you.